Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Vine, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the Sports Stands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table every single week. Hot takes, nothing less. The Sports Stance. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Sports Stance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part. And with me, as always, he's averaging a triple-double. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? Dude, I have been phenomenal. I don't know about anybody else in this league, but I think I'm the best one so far. By, You've been channeling by Oscar time. Robertson. That's Dude, amazing. Oscar Robertson's got nothing on me, let's be honest. Yeah, other than, you know, like, you know, 12 inches of height and tons of athletic ability and hey, <laughs> a grumpy hey, attitude. What's, what's height got to do with anything right now? I'm averaging a triple-double. I don't think height has anything to do with it. I'm playing I don't with the know, big man. We're seeing a rena- we're well. seeing a renaissance of short guys in the NBA. So actually, yeah. I, I don't know what height has to do with anything. Yeah, exactly. Height has nothing to do with it. Uh, do you remember a guy named Muggsy Bogues and Nate Robinson? I think they were the top 500 rebounders in the league at some point. I uh, I actually listened to a podcast one time with uh, popular rapper Vince Staples, and uh, he, he was asked about his thoughts on the NBA postseason. It was a couple years ago. And he says the Clippers are going to win everything because the tall team always wins. <laughs> and I love uh, that. That theory has been so proved much. very wrong. It's so wrong, but it was such an amazing, just like bold. It, and it was so bold and it was so, you know, unapologetic. It was just like, yeah, of course, the tall team always wins. Yeah, that's a, that's a major hot take. Vince Staples, uh, you know, analyst extraordinaire. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, Greg. Uh, we have a lot uh, yeah. to get into. Got a lot to get into. Uh, the all four major sports are still happening. Uh, we have basketball, football, baseball, and hockey, but we're not going to talk about hockey. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you mean college football is the number four sport? Yeah, exactly. Who cares about hockey? Um, the World Series is still happening. Yeah, that's exciting. And the NFL is still happening. MOB is beating out the NFL in ratings. That's happening. Uh, it should uh, be. I mean, it's just and, uh, way more exciting. Yeah, exactly. And then Russell Westbrook is – you know, throwing up 50 points in a triple level. But uh, before we get into any of that, Greg, um, how are you, man? What's going on? I'm pretty good, actually. Uh, you know, had a nice good weekend. Went to the in-laws to celebrate my father-in-law's birthday. So he liked that. Uh, his, some of his kids came and surprised him. So we didn't know that was happening. So it's always a good time when he can get surprised because they're criers. And so he definitely shed some tears when his daughter and son-in-law walked through the door from New Jersey. So good time celebrating with him and besides that just you know keeping it casual keeping it cash not too much <laughs> what about keep you cash, man yeah uh, not, <laughs> much. not that exciting right now <laughs> yeah that was that was an amazing antidote greg i just want to go ahead and give you give you a round of applause because our listeners were jumping over themselves to hear that one <laughs> what my weekend was yeah i know riveting stuff lately in the yeah. Cowan household yeah. Um, well, anyways, uh, I, I went to a couple Halloween parties. I had nice. A good, 
had a nice little Halloween. Didn't dress up. I got to be totally honest with you. Um, I did not dress up. I could not find a costume. Uh, I was a little late. I was a little late to the party. But when you go to a bar out in Boston, uh, if you don't dress up, that's kind of totally fine. No one cares. Like if you go to a house party and you don't dress up for Halloween, that's you're a little dick. that's a little weak, right? Yeah. You don't dress up but for a house party, you're a dick of some sort. If you just go into a random bar though, uh, then then who cares? You yeah, know it's what a mixed I mean? bag when you go into a bar. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Also, my girlfriend got me a Fitbit. Uh, do you have one of these, Greg? Uh, which type do you have? I got the I have the wristwatch one. I have, I think it's similar. It's the Charge 2. I don't know. Yeah. Is that okay, the... so that's the one that like just came out, right? Yeah, it's pretty new. Oh, that's nice. Early early gift? Or just... Well, this is for oh, our anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. How so, was that? Uh, it's been great. And I, I've been obsessed with this thing, man. Like, uh, I, she's been challenging me to steps, uh, like step challenges on this app. We should become friends. And, uh, Maybe it'll motivate me to use it more. Maybe, man. I mean, you, you got to get up pretty early in the day to beat me in steps. I, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm averaging like 15,000 a day. Damn, uh, you could compete with because, my mother-in-law. Yeah, just because I'm like, I'm not losing to my girlfriend in steps. Yeah. There's one thing in the world I'm not doing. It's losing to my girlfriend in steps. No, um, not today, not any day, not tomorrow. Maybe yeah, that one exactly. day that you're hungover, but only that day. Not even then, dude. I'll walk oh. around. I'll, I'll go walk the donkeys, you know? <laughs> Not even um, the yeah. one down the street, the one two streets away. Yeah, exactly. Because in Boston, there's one on every corner. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, Greg, uh, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to get into. So enough with the banter. Um, but today we're, we're going to talk. We're so good at banter. We are pretty good at banter. We're going to start today with football, as we always do. Uh, that's what the people want. Um, so we're going to kind of recap last week. And we do that um, by breaking out an old favorite. An old favorite, one that we haven't kind of uh, classic. One we haven't used in a little while. Reach into the bag of tricks and break out most impressed, least impressed. I know that you've been clamoring for it, uh, Twitter fans. All, Chill all the time. I get messages nonstop saying, uh, "When are you going to bring that back?" Love that segment. Yeah, exactly. So just relax. We're bringing it back. Old favorite. Um, so for people, the, the newly uh, the newly initiated here, the sports stance. What most impressed, least impressed is is we'll take a team player coach, unit, city, division, um, idea, philosophy, and we'll uh, say which one was most impressive to us and which one which one was least impressive to us based on last week. Um, so, Greg, what are you most impressed by in the NFL last week? Well, James, as you know, the NFL is not that impressive lately, so it's been kind of hard to figure out what's the most impressive because it's certainly right. not the ratings. But <laughs> I'm going to give you – what I think is the most impressive thing, even though number-wise, stat-wise, not that great, but more so just like the whole feeling behind it. I kind of felt good for this guy, even though most people hate him on the usual. I'm going to give most impressed to Jay Cutler. So Wow. Yeah. I mean, bold. his I, I, that's what I'm here for. I give bold, you know, takes only. Hot, to, hot sometimes, bold mostly. So I'm going with Cutler because, one, he hasn't played in a few weeks. Two, Chicago hates him, especially his head coach, John Fox, who's made it clear that he wants nothing to do with him after the season. Yeah. And three, basically Cutler said, you have no other choice. You have to play me. Hoyer's hurt. So Cutler came yeah. in against a 5-1 Vikings team. Wasn't, wasn't you know, perfect. He went 20 for 31, but to put up 250 yards and a touchdown. No turnovers. 
you know, kept a pretty clean game for him, gave uh, the Bears a chance, and they pulled out the victory to take down the Vikings, put them to five and two, gave the Bears their second victory of the year. So, you especially know, what? against a really good defense, yeah. too. He looked pretty good against that defense, especially for not playing in a few weeks, you know, having all that criticism against him. And so, therefore, I figured he deserves to win. I figured I'd give him my most impressed, make him feel good about himself this week. That's a good one. And, uh, you know, I think it's time to, you know, really ask if the Vikings are for real here. I know that we all kind of jumped the jump the gun when they went five well, and well, are zero. Are you doing Jerry's in, Jerry's out right now? No, 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 no. That's that's an old favorite that we're going to break I'd out at some sure. point. Sure. Um, but I do think it's time to ask if they're for real. Uh, they're five and two. They were five and zero. Oh, uh, you know, and then we all kind of jumped the gun, saying like, "Oh, they're one of the best teams in the entire league." Blah blah blah. And I kindly remind everyone through a well-intentioned but, you know, very long and wordy rant uh, and pretty angry about Sam Bradford. Uh, you know, I, I realize that, you know, part of it, again, I still realize that part of it's the offensive line here for the Vikings. Um, but Sam Bradford is Sam Bradford. He's, he's not that good at football. That's the problem. No, he's um, not at all. So when you're sticking Sam Bradford behind an offensive line, I mean, he still even put up decent numbers yesterday. He went, um, you know, 23 for 37, 228 yards and a touchdown. Um, but it's, it's just not no explosive plays, you know. I mean, his at 23 completions, you should be up around 280, 300 yards, and the guy's like in the low 200s. There's just not a lot that he can he can do. Um, no, not at all. Couldn't get anything going for a while. You know, didn't get their first touchdown until the second half there. He's earned the nickname. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, he's just not he's just not a big time big playmaking quarterback, you know? I mean, I think that he's he's almost like Alex Smith light in a way. <laughs> it's like he's a game yeah, manager. Good cuz Alex Smith is already pretty light on the passing and he can run. I'll give him that, but Bradford can't even do that. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, that's what I uh that's kind of my view on the Vikings, but I think that Jay Cutler is a good one. My most impressed. Um, I think that I would be remiss not to at least mention that Tom Brady uh, looks like the platonic ideal of a quarterback right now. Um, so I, I think that everyone's been freaking out about Tom Brady just because he dismantled the Bills. Um, four touchdowns. Uh, he's completing 73% of his passes, Greg. Um, yeah, it's impressive. He's got 12 touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, he's, he's just the greatest of all time. I mean, it, it's tough to really argue this at that point. Uh, so I'm not going to pick Tom Brady though, because everyone's talking about Tom Brady. It'd be too obvious if I picked Tom Brady, even though that Tom Brady was the most impressive player. I love how every week you do juries in juries out and like least the most impressed and somehow Brady's always somehow on like the positive side. Be like, I'm not going to talk about him. I'm not going to talk about him, even though, uh, you know, he's, he's a front runner for the MVP. Uh, he's the greatest of all time. He's the best looking player on the field at any given point. Uh, I'm not going to talk about him at all. Okay. Uh, yeah. What I am going to talk about is someone who uh, also people should be sick of me talking about, and that's Dak Prescott, baby. <sighs> Dak Prescott. Oh, we love it. We love it. Don't groan at me. I'm groaning at you. Uh, that was rough for me to watch. That was a great, great game. Down 10 points in the fourth quarter, Dak Prescott. Uh, come back and beat the Eagles at home. The thing about Dak is that he hasn't faced a ton of adversity yet. Um same thing with the entire uh, Cowboys team. They're a good team, but they hadn't really uh, been down in the game. And the one time they were down in the game, they lost that game. Um, but they were down early. You know, going into halftime, they were down, uh, you know, 13 to 10. Um, 
And then the Eagles came right back out there and, uh, and put it up, you know, to about 10 points in the fourth quarter. Um, they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys, and then uh, won it in overtime. Um, and, you yeah. know, good for Dak, though. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a tough-fought game. That's a gritty, hard win against a good defense, a divisional opponent uh, in prime time. Uh, all those things kind of add up to me being really impressed with this guy. Um, you know, I, I realized he had a, he had one really bad interception on the goal line. He should have had uh, another one. He probably should have had another one. But he, he also uh, he also found a way to get uh, Des Bryant involved. You know, four yeah. receptions for 113 yards and a That's touchdown. Finally, found a connection with him. And especially on the day that Ezekiel, like even though he had 22 carries for 96 yards, he was not exactly uh, lighting the world on fire like he normally does. No, um, so I'm impressed with Dak, man. Uh, broken tackles, I'll tell you that. That guy's tough to take down. People kind of just bounce off of him. It's, uh, it's incredible how he got to the corner on some runs, and he was considered yeah. for my most impressed. But I just couldn't I do that, it because I'm an Eagles fan. I think that uh, Jerry Jones must be pretty happy with himself with that pick. Uh, yeah, so I, I think there's a real thing here, though. Like this is like that's a gritty, emotional, come from behind win uh, at home against a divisional opponent. Um, this kind of furthers my case that like you cannot uh, put Tony Romo in right now. Yeah, I think he I, m- he might have stuck a fork in him in that last game. Yeah, I just don't think that that is uh, something you can do at this point. Um, at least not, you, you can't can. justify it to the guys in the locker room. You know what I mean? No, you can't forget the guys in the locker room. How are you going to justify it to the fans and everybody being like, okay, we're six and one with this guy, but yet you want to put in Romo, who we don't know how he's going to be this season. Yeah, and I, I think that when you see something special happening like this, um, I think you have to ride it. Yeah, you got you know? it. It's Dak magic. Dak magic. I like that. Okay, Greg, uh, least impressed. What do you got? Uh, least impressed this week. Uh, you know, had to think. Almost went with the NFL ratings just in general, you know, getting beat by the World Series Sunday night. But I figured I should keep it actually like on the field. I won't even attack the refs or the fact that there was another tie in the NFL this week just ridiculous again field goal kickers don't know how to make kicks but i'm gonna go with a a team that should have won and didn't and i'm gonna put it on the defense seattle's defense the legion of boom least impressed yeah 25 points to the saints saints now are only you know potentially you know a game to back in that nfc south kind of making a little bit of noise there but you know, Legion of Boom just couldn't get it done. They had a chance to shut Breeze down in the fourth, and they couldn't. They let him come back, took that game, and that's a big loss for the uh, Seahawks because, you know, that's a little more space they could have put between them and the Cardinals, and they just didn't. So they're, yeah. my, they're my least impressed because of that. You know, top defense should be keeping teams to the teens, but no, 25 points on them, more than uh, given up to by the Vikings, so. They're the two defenses we keep looking at and comparing this year. And Legion That's of Boom was just division. a little bit worse. That's a weird division right now. I mean, both yeah. the, uh, the, you know, Seattle is, is leading at a 4-2-1 and one, uh, record. Uh, and Arizona is on its heels with a 3-4-1 record. Los so Angeles bad. is 3-4-1. and one. It's just a weird, weird division. The NFC West used to be so, I mean, not, not even too long ago, the NFC West used to be like the premier division. The NFC West is the NFC East of last year. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see here. Um, that's a good least impressed though. My least impressed is the is the Lions. 
Ooh, okay. I think you got to take care of the Texans, man. Um, you know, I, I came in being really high on Matt Stafford, and I kind of was drinking the Kool-Aid, the media Kool-Aid. I'm going go, to go guilty. ahead and put my hand up and say that's on me. <laughs> I was drinking the Kool-Aid there a little bit and saying, hey, um, you know, we, I, I, was, I was really high on Stafford. Um, and I think I still am. You know, he had a decent game. Uh, you know, it wasn't very explosive, but, uh, you know, he threw for, you know, 240 yards and a touchdown. His completion percentage was not great. But what I'll say about this is that the Lions really had a chance here to kind of uh, really insert themselves. They still, they still have the chance. They're, they're, they're 500. Um, but they had a chance to really insert themselves here into the conversation in the NFC North, especially with Minnesota faltering. They have a big game next week against Minnesota uh, in Minnesota. And Stafford's going to have the same kind of uh, struggles that he might have had against the Texans defense. The Texans defense is really good, but I was interested to see what he did against a good defense. Yeah. Because um, the Lions really had not played a good defense except for the Eagles coming up into this game. Um, so it's interesting what they'll see against the Vikings. This is going to be a good test for him. Um, but I, I am least impressed with the way that they kind of played. Um, 13 not, points. Not fantastic. You, you got to do something better than score than, than, you know, you, you can't wait till the fourth quarter to score a touchdown, um, you know, and still expect to win this league. Uh, it's pretty tough. Um, but yeah, that's my least impressed. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good call. I think, uh, especially because didn't they, don't they have Justin Forsett on that running back? And I thought he was going to be like a big part of that running game and they do have Justin Forsett. Yeah. I don't know if he was hurt this past weekend or what, but he was not, he did not get a carry at all. So I just found that a little yeah, odd. Yeah. Anything else you want to shout out in the game? In the uh, anything else you want to shout out in the weeks uh, in this this week's slate of games that stood out to you? I mean, a few things have stuck out in general. The fact that uh, the Chiefs blew out the Colts—I didn't expect that to kind of happen, uh, especially with Nick Foles coming in for a few plays. Figured you know he would just screw it up somehow. And then yeah. You know, some big wins this week. The Bengals and Redskins didn't win at all. I can't believe there's another tie. It's just emphasizing my uh, juries in that tie suck from last week. The Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I was hungover after that Halloween party, uh, eating brunch, watching that game, and I was like, "This, I don't even want to watch this." That right game now. seemed like it also went forever. Yeah, it was a long, long game. It basically went to the start of the fir- of the. Uh... I mean, obviously it was a tie, so it felt like it went forever. But it went the first quarter of the one o'clock games. It was nuts. Yeah, Uh, exactly. But uh, other contender for most impressed definitely had to have been looked at was Derek Carr. Just phenomenal game against the Bucks. You know, the Raiders are road warriors, and they are showing the NFL they're for real. At least offensively, their team is keeping them in everything. Derek Carr cementing himself as one of the top young rookie quarterbacks and future potential MVP of the league with how he's playing. 513 yards from four TDs. That's a, that's that's a good pretty impressive. Yeah. I'll also it's say a, a little special shout out to the Denver defense. Uh, they picked off Phil Rivers three times uh, in a uh, win against the Chargers, 27-19 win against the Chargers. Uh, yeah. And Denver is a team that not a lot of people are talking about, I feel like. No. Um, everyone, a lot of, uh, everyone's freaking out about the Raiders and everyone's freaking out about the Patriots, um, you know, especially in the AFC. And I would not want to see the Broncos <laughs> in a playoff series right now with the way that defense is playing. Yeah, we got uh, um, this week that that those two face each other. Yeah, Denver versus Oakland. I guess we'll find out who's the legit one in the in that division. 
great, great game. Uh, and it's kind of a bummer for me, who's a bit, who is a big Chiefs believer, that uh, you know there might not, there might be a chance that the Chiefs don't win this. Do you think that there could be two wild cards coming out of the uh, coming out of the AFC West there? I could just because of how the rest of the league is playing out. The AFC North right now, the uh, Steelers are five hundred or just above five hundred, and that's the lead. Uh, we know the AFC East basically will have just the patch coming out because the Bills are regressing back down. They're 500. And then the AFC South definitely won't have a team make the wild card, but it could be interesting. Uh, my Titans pick could actually pan out for me. Yeah, the Titans are looking better and better. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see here. All yeah. right, let's just get into next week then, Greg, because we're gonna kind of already here. Yeah. Um, we had a, You sent me over a couple games to pick this week, um, and remind me what they are. Uh, the picks this week are Pitt versus Baltimore, Philly versus New York, Detroit, uh, New York Giants, just so you know, clarification, uh, Detroit versus Minnesota, yeah. uh, Denver versus Oakland, and Buffalo versus Seattle. So it's four divisional games and one non-divisional game. That sounds awesome to me. Uh, why don't we go ahead with our guest picks first? Why don't you go ahead and introduce them? Yeah, so this week, uh, you know, didn't do my research, didn't contact anybody, but actually was contacted by somebody that apparently listens to us, though. So. Figured I'd give him a shot. His name's Sergeant Boomstick. Doesn't have a podcast or anything, but just likes the whole guest pick idea and wanted to give his chance. So uh said, sure, why not? I didn't do my job this week, so at least somebody else did it for me. So yeah, here's Sergeant Boomstick. Boomstick. <laughs> hey, guys, that's right. Sergeant Boomstick here. I've been tasked by the guys of the sports stands to give you some guest picks this week. As you know, it's three picks for the guest picker. Uh, I did contact them, so I appreciate the fact they gave me this chance. But I'll make it short, I'll make it simple, and just listen to my nice, soulful voice. Because, let's be honest, it's pretty good. I have a weird echo. I don't know why, but you got to deal with it. That's why I'll make this quick. So, three games I'm picking this week. Saints versus Niners. Browns versus Dallas. And last, certainly not least, Jags versus Chiefs. I know, riveting stuff. So, let's just jump right into it. First game, Saints go marching into the Niners' Levi Stadium. And there will be about as many Saints players as there are fans in the seats. It's just really sad out there right now. But, anyway, Saints are getting pretty, you know, competitive in that NFC Seattle. Drew Brees having a good season. They win this game. They can pull within one of the Falcons for the division lead. So my prediction is Saints take down the Niners. Colin Kaepernick will be on his ass more than his knees this game, which is saying something for the Saints D. But I got to go with those Saints. Drew Brees has looked good. Last week beat Seattle. Definitely should be able to beat San Francisco. Moving on. Yeah, I'm just going to fly right through these. Browns versus Dallas. So, the boys last Sunday night took down the Eagles. Very impressive. Dak attack. But losing Claiborne and their offensive lineman church four to six weeks, it's going to have an effect on them. I think, in the end, the Browns, new addition Jamie Collins, steps up, takes down Dak. To give the Browns their first one of the season. Yeah, 
big upset pick. I'm going to go Browns 23, Cowboys 17. Give them their first W. No 0-16 for them. Then, last, Jags versus Chiefs. Now, the real issue in this game, why do we always talk about the Redskins? It's always the Redskins' name is a fessin'. What about the Chiefs? Chiefs should be changed too, don't you think? I'm just trying to cause some controversy. 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 Don't know if the guys like that, but whatever. Keep it a short and sweet, short, simple controversy. Change the Chiefs and Redskins, or don't. Don't really care. Anyway, Jags, I think, pull it out, right the ship. Gus Bradley still gets fired because he's a horrible coach. 14 and 41, can't happen. So, Jacksonville, Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson, two touchdowns between the two of them. Make that nice connection again. And fantasy owners can rejoice. Jacksonville looks like a competent NFL team for one week. And, yeah, that's it. So, thank you to the guys at the sports stands. My picks again are Saints, Browns, and the Jags. So, let's see how that goes. Let's see if I can keep up that momentum that I've had personally in my pick'em leagues. But, if not... Oh, well, you can shoot me a tweet at Sergeant Boomstick, Sergeant SGT underscore Boomstick. If I get enough, maybe I'll start my own podcast and have these guys on. So, thanks again. Go Cubs. All right. Awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, some bold picks. Browns over the Cowboys. Uh, not sure how that one's going to pan out. but Yeah, he clearly has not been watching, watching Dak. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he talked about uh, the fact that, you know, apparently he thinks uh, Claiborne and uh, the offensive lineman, uh, I forget what he said, uh, is going to be out. So maybe Jamie Collins going there helps the Browns uh, take down and get their first win. A little pass rush. I like it. Yeah. Um, okay, let's start with the early games then. Uh, Steelers at the Ravens. There's no line for this game. Is that because we don't know if Ben Roethlisberger's playing or not? I guess so. I mean... That guy could play through, like, sitting on a bed of nails, I'm pretty sure. He just plays through pain. I'm trying to figure out why there would be no line for this game. Well, anyway, uh, um, yeah. Steelers at the Ravens. Steelers are 4-3. and three. Ravens are 3-4. and four. Divisional game. Um, the Ravens are in, uh, unimpressive. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. I just do not do not care for the Ravens. I've never cared for the Ravens, and especially. Uh, and it's not even like normally I would, I would be happy about the Ravens' unimpressive season, but they're so boring that I just don't care. Yeah, um, yeah. Jerry's in on the Ravens after starting three and zero. Not elite. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, Greg. So, do you have the Steelers winning in Baltimore, or do you have the Ravens taking a divisional game at home? I do. I got the Steelers winning in Baltimore. It doesn't matter if it's Landry Jones or Ben Roethlisberger as the quarterback. Overall, they're just better. Joe Flacco can you know air it out with the best of them, but I mean they got no running game basically. Their defense is has been suspect all season. They're going against a Steelers team who's hungry for a win. You know, they had uh, last week off, so therefore they need that win after losing to the Patriots. And they're going to be a division game. It's always going to be a close one. It's probably going to be like a 16-13 game with a fumble recovery to set up the game-winning field goal or something like that. It seems how it always goes with these two teams. But overall, Steelers are going to win. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and have to agree with you. Uh, I just can't see a situation where the Ravens win this game. Um, 
even without Ben Roethlisberger, like you said, I think that they're a more explosive team. They have better playmakers. The only thing that would give me pause would be the Joe Flacco to Mike Wallace connection, which has been doing wonders for my now resurgent fantasy team. Yeah, look at you. But uh, outside of that, yeah, I know. Outside of that, though, I can't see them winning. No. Can't Um, see them winning many games from here on out. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, still in the one o'clock slate, we have Eagles at Giants. Um, going Eagles going to New Jersey. Um, I guess Vegas is kind of down on the Eagles ever since they kind of have hit this little bit of a skid here because the Giants are favored by two and a half points. Um, both teams team. are four yeah, and three. Not, not great. The Giants are a sneaky four and three too. Like I guess I wouldn't yeah. totally have expected them. I, I have not been paying attention to the Giants. Another team I don't like. Wow, I mean, I wonder why, as a Pats fan, you hate the Giants. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Let me wonder uh, about that. So, Greg, do you have Carson Wentz writing the ship and, and, and getting into uh, New Jersey with a win, or do you have Eli and the G-Men um, beating up on the Eagles? Yeah, so uh, this is a hard pick for me because, you know, two weeks ago I went against the Eagles. They beat the Vikings. So I was like, fine, I guess I can pick the Eagles, and then they lose the Cowboys. But, you know, I'm still going to I'm going to be the homer pick again. I'm going to go Eagles. Uh, you know, there's a, something about the Giants I don't trust in games of any sort, especially bigger games. So, yeah, they got Eli. They have a good wide receiving core. Their running game is not is like nowhere to be found. Who knows who the running back is, if it's Jennings this week or another guy. I mean, Shane Vereen was their top running back. And basically it was because he could catch passes. They're a pass heavy team. Uh, you know, I think that pass rush of the Eagles is going to get to Eli a few times. It seems the past few years, Eagles have had the Giants' number, uh, especially defensively, you know, getting a lot of sacks, doing a lot of damage, posting a few shutouts. I think Wentz takes his first trip to uh, New York in stride and, you know, throws a few touchdowns, hopefully two or more. You know, they didn't make any trades at the deadline to get any wide receivers. Hopefully that doesn't bite them in the ass. But I'm going to go with the Wentz wagon driving into New York and – uh Giving the Giants uh, dysentery and beating them. Wow, that got that got <laughs> real weird. Yeah. Um, well, that's what happens when it's early morning, James. I'm gonna go with the Giants, Greg. Uh, of course. I this is this just screams to me like some weird game that the Giants will just like have somehow pull out of their ass. It'll be like a 17-16 game, and it'll be so ugly, and no one's gonna want to watch it. It'll just be a total slog, yet somehow the Giants come out of it, and no one feels good about it, and, and then the Giants will be 5-3 and three, and then challenging the Cowboys for the division. Um, so that's that's kind of my prediction here. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be right there, but I think that that's the way that this thing will go. Well, I'm hoping your pick drinks them. Yeah, well, there you go. I've been doing pretty well. Actually, we did not recap last week, Greg. No, we don't, we don't need to recap last week. Cause yeah, exactly. I, let's <laughs> Before we get keep going, Greg, what what's the record? Uh, James, you have surprisingly come back and taken over the lead for top games. Uh, yeah. You are now uh, 20, 21 and 19 and 1, and I am 20, 20 and 1 because I posted five straight bad picks last week where you posted four good picks and only one bad. And then our guest picks hey, have 17 and 10. So, you know, our guest picks – Doing pretty well so far this year, uh, beating the crap out of us. Yeah, well, I I don't care about the guest pick. I care about beating you. And I told yeah. you that, that uh, you know, you were going to see a resurgence from me coming up here. Yeah, and that I did. That I did. Yeah, it's for real. 
Um, okay, so let's get back to it then. We have uh, still in the early slate. We have Detroit versus the Vikings. Um, the four and four Lions going on the road to the five and two Vikings in Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by six points in this game, Greg. Uh, not quite a touchdown, but close to it. So, um, do you think that the Vikings, you know, continue to kind of falter here against the Lions? Or do you think they kind of right the ship and send that defense after against Matt Stafford and make me look like an idiot for calling him elite? <laughs> uh, I think uh, at this point, the Vikings right the ship, at least for this week. I think they uh, take down at home. Uh, the Lions, Stafford will probably have issues with that defense. I mean, they're just relentless. I think after last week's losing to the Bears, I think we'll kind of uh, jumpstart that defense again because – it's not a good look to lose to the Bears and Jay Cutler, as we mentioned before. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. Uh, Bradford doesn't have a great game, but he does enough to get the team by. Uh, maybe that running game gets kind of started with Ronnie Hillman now in that backfield. And Stafford, I'm going to say, throws at least two picks. I'm uh, I'm going to go with the Lions here, Greg. I, I'm so off the Vikings bandwagon, it's crazy. I wanted to be on it. I wanted to be on it uh, a ton. Um, but I'm off it. I, I think that right. Stafford's going to come in here and uh, and kind of make some things happen. I don't think that this is for real. I think the NFC North is going to get a little bit uh, tighter, and the division's going to get more interesting. And uh, you know, I think that this is a this is an this is a big game. As you can mark this down as yeah. one of the games that will kind of start deciding the divisions here. It's definitely um, going to be a decider of that division. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the uh, Lions here, Greg. Uh, um, okay, the next one that we have here is the uh, – the next one you had me pick was the uh, primetime game, uh, 8.30 start, Broncos-Raiders. This is the big one. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting game. This will be an exciting game. Um, so Bronco, the Broncos are going into Oakland, and they're favored by a point. Interesting here. Um, it is interesting. So great. Uh, Trevor Simeon and the Broncos defense going into Oakland. Will Derek Carr pick them apart, or will he suffer the same fate as Philip Rivers this last week? Man, it's a tough one. Just because, one hand, Broncos defense is just incredible. But you gotta assume that Derek Carr will figure out a way somehow, some way to at least put up some points against them. He's got two top receivers. Running game's been doing well. I'm going to give it to the Raiders. I think uh, the black hole swallows up Simeon a little bit. Uh, he shows that, you know, he's not a top-tier quality quarterback that should be starting for a team. But that defense will still hold the Raiders down. I think they get – Raiders get 23, 24 points, and Broncos only put up 14. I'm going to say the Oakland defense comes up strong, puts up a good performance. And, yeah, I'm going to give Derek Carr the nod here this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Broncos here, uh, partially to be, uh, uh, you know, a bit of a contrarian, but also because I just, I've been burned before on the Broncos, man. Like, if I don't pick the Broncos, <laughs> they're going to win, you know. Uh, I, I can pick against them until the cow comes home. I understand that Shiver Simeon is probably not a real quarterback, um, but that, that doesn't matter. No, and then, sometimes things are bigger than you, Greg, and the Broncos are bigger than me. So I'm picking the Denver Broncos. Well, I mean, that, that's a plain, simple understanding that they're bigger than you. But anyway. I also I also think that the Raiders will struggle against a good defense. Yeah, but... They don't... They don't... 
top tier defense yet. I don't think. <laughs> uh, let's look at their teams here. Saints, bad. Falcons of the early season, bad. Um, Titans are the best defense they played, and the Titans Titans actually have a pretty good defense, and they yeah. uh, they won that game, so good for them. Uh, Ravens bad, Chargers bad, Chiefs. Eh. Chiefs are decent. Chiefs have their moments when they lost. Um, Jaguars bad, Buccaneers bad. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I think that like they played two decent defenses. Yeah, but there's not many no, this year. Not and many no elite league. defenses. Um, so that just leads me to believe that that's going to be a tough challenge for them. Um, and out of the two decent defenses that they played, they lost one of the games. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that the Broncos are going to win that one. All right. Um, Monday Night Football, 8.30 p.m. Bills at Seahawks. Uh, in Seattle, uh, the Seahawks are favored by seven points. Uh, four and four Bills against the four and three, two and one Seahawks. Uh, Greg, what do you think about this game? Do you think that the Bills kind of go in uh, to Seattle and shut up the twelfth man, or do you think that the Seahawks kind of right the ship against Tyrod Taylor and Lashawn McCoy and the kind of suddenly explosive Bills offense? Yeah. Um. So this is a weird game, just because Bills kind of need this win just to have any chance of thinking about the AFC East because. There are three losses behind the Pats, and if Pats lose three games, I'd be amazed, but you never know. And the Seahawks need it because that division is just bad. So any win basically puts you ahead at any given point. But after seeing Russell Wilson dressed up as Obama and Sierra dressed up as Hillary Clinton and doing juju on that beat, which if you don't know, go look it up. It's a terrible dance. But after seeing that, I just can't go with the Seahawks. I just can't. I can't pick them because of that. And that's amazing because you and your wife are, you know, like the the definition of corny couple. And it's amazing that you haven't gravitated towards this more. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. There's a difference between corny and just downright like sad. And that was sad. They were just like, in their kitchen by themselves with like one friend videotaping this, and it was weird. Gotcha. It didn't like it. It's creepy. Only reason I'm going with the Bills because of that, because to me, this game's a wash almost. Seattle hasn't lived up to what they should be, and the Bills have shown glimpses of greatness. So I'm going to go with the Bills in a tight one in Seattle. I'm going to have to go with Seattle here. I just don't see anything from the Bills to make me think that they can beat um, you know, the Seattle defense. I realize that they didn't have a great showing last week. They were your least impressed. But, uh, you know, 25 points against the Saints is is different than – giving up a lot of points against the Saints is different than giving a lot of points up against Tyrod Taylor. I guess so. Um, so I'm going with the Seahawks here. All right. I think they're going to win this game. All right. Okay. It's your call. Anything else, you want to, anything else you want to call out in the NFL before we kind of switch over to the World Series? Uh, no, uh, more so just surprised that there wasn't that many moves made at the trade deadline. Uh, you know, we the Pats was the big one with trading Jamie Collins to the Browns for a third-round pick that we all know now that third-round pick's going to turn into the greatest of all-time player at whatever who is drafted there. Just of course, because naturally. That's just how it works out for the Patriots. Um, but, yeah, it must suck to go and wake up at 7-1, and one and then all of a sudden next day you're 0-8. So... Interesting move by the Pats, I think. I don't know what your takes on it as an actual Pats fan. So I'd be interested My to hear that. My takes are them's the breaks. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, no, no general feelings. 
I had two different Pats fans text me and go, well, what the hell is going on with the Jamie Collins trade? I don't know. I mean, what do you want me to say? I, I, I just, I, I don't do think. Do you trust that, in Bill? Do you trust the process? Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. I don't know. I've listened to so much talk radio the last couple of days, which is basically just like you shouldn't angry people in varying degrees of bad Boston accent yelling about <laughs> how they don't understand. Yeah. And at this point, I just like there's nothing that I can add of value to the conversation. I don't know why he was traded. I think that he's a very good player. Uh, I think the, the most ridiculous thing I heard was it's uh I saw an article from looking at Barstool Sports yesterday that it was if the Pats don't win the World Series is Bill Belichick on the hot seat. Yeah, because they've given Chandler Jones and Jamie Collins two of their top defensive players away because they don't want to pay him, even though they have the third most cap, uh, salary cap space going into next season. I mean, I think there is a real criticism of Bill Belichick about constantly giving away these defensive players or these, uh, you know, these kind of um, in their prime players, right? Yeah. When they're about to get paid. I realize you wouldn't want to pay, you know, Jamie Collins a ton of money and you want to get a pick for him. That's fine. But I mean, I don't know. I think that kind of sacrifices a little something in this year's defense, even though the defense this year has not been that good. No, but I think it's not that good because you're giving away top pieces every year and you're not willing to pay some of them. So. I mean, Maybe. Matt Patricia, okay. the defensive coordinator, can only do so much. So, so I don't think he deserves as much of the blame because he's doing a lot with what he's been given. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, let's give it, let's move on to the World Series because it is getting really interesting in here, Greg. Um, exciting. So when we last left you, I think it was what, one-to-one? Yeah, last last week we got we were one-to-one and then uh, we're still tied, but not yeah, the way so- people thought it would happen. The Indians promptly went up to three and one. Um, won the first two games in Wrigley. Yeah, just dominated. Then the Cubbies came out, won a game, and they've won another game too in Cleveland. So tonight, Craig, uh, we have Game Seven of the World Series: uh, Cubs versus Indians. Uh, you can't ask for a better situation right now. No, this is exciting. As a, baseball, as a big baseball guy, uh, I can't wait for tonight. Yeah, and I think if you're Major League Baseball, you hit the jackpot here. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, this is this exactly is... what they wanted. Everything they could have hoped for. The only thing Fantastic that would have been better is if they went up against the NFL and crushed them tonight also. Yeah, they've been, they've been beating the NFL in ratings on the, on the days that they're both uh, kind of on. Um, and this is interesting yes. stuff. So um, the, the, the games that the Indians have won have been these, you know, shutout games, these one nothing games where the Chicago Bats have not come alive. Um, last night, Danny Salazar was on the uh, mound for the Cubs, and uh, the, the Cubs Indian. broke open. Uh, Indian, excuse me. And the Cubs broke it open. Yeah, him and Tomlin. Tomlin especially uh, had a rough outing. And it looks like Chris Bryant is kind of coming alive here. Uh, last, yeah. last couple games, the, uh, the Cubs ha- have uh, really kind of just destroyed the ball. Um, plus, Russell had a grand slam last night, and that's and always fun to see in the World Series. Anthony Rizzo had a two-run shot. He's been looking good the past few games and getting hot. So that middle of the order and end of the lineup all clicking, kind of a, it's a good formula for success. Yeah, so tonight, I believe it is um, – is it Kluber? Yeah, so uh, Kluber's going to be pitching tonight again on short rest. Uh, so – He's like the first pitcher, I think they said, since uh, I want to say like the 70s or 80s to make it to a game seven that he will be pitching three times on short rest. Last time we saw a pitcher come into three different games that wasn't a reliever was Bumgarner, but he didn't even come in as a starter two years ago. He came in for the final like two winnings only. So 
be interesting to see how he holds up early on. I mean, that bullpen is fresh. You know, Andrew Miller is ready to go. He hasn't thrown a pitch in game five or six. So he can at least give you two or three innings because it's the last game of the year. Might as well throw till your arm falls off. And then uh, Chicago has Hendricks going. And he's probably the Cy Young winner this year for the National League. So you have Ariel last night, who was the Cy Young last year, Hendricks tonight, and... By the way, Arietta looked really good. Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty good early on. Towards the end, when they took him out, he was starting to get wild, which, good call by them to get him out. Didn't know if you needed to go to Araldus Chapman, but you did. It worked out, luckily, for you. But, I mean, Chapman will be ready. Chapman will probably give you an inning or two at most. Lester's going to be in the bullpen, so he could come out even. Uh, I mean, it's all hands on deck. It's the last game of the year. It's winner take all. Droughts in the World Series are on the line 108 years and 168 years. So one of those is going to end tonight. I'm thinking it's going to be the Cubs. It's just my feeling. It's my gut. But who knows? I'm also going to pick the Cubs here because I really kind of want uh, – we've had a summer and subsequently a, uh, a, a fall's worth of jokes but the Warriors blowing a 3-1 lead in the finals. And it would just make me laugh so hard if Cleveland then blew a 3-1 lead in the World Series. Yeah, I may or may uh, not already have a picture set up in case that happens for tonight that I can tweet out. And I know the joke's going to be, like, all over the place, and, like, that's an obvious joke to make, but uh, I love that so much. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic quote. I've been uh, watching – I listen to Mike and Mike on most mornings, and uh, the one guy, Mike Golick, is a huge Indians fan, huge Cleveland guy because he grew up there. And he's been super confident, and up until yesterday, he was just like, yeah, I'm a little nervous now. If uh, Cubs win tonight, he goes, I don't know what's going to happen in uh, Game 7. He's like, that 3 and one hole joke with the Warriors is now creeping into my mind. So Yeah, it's, it's interesting stuff. But, you know, um, James, yeah. since we're not going to be you know, able to basically express how we feel about this for a week, I think we should just give both versions of congrats to either team. So therefore, our fans. Oh, you want to record a couple of them? I think our fans deserve okay. it. Let's we won't even, we we won't even like splice them out and wait for it tonight and release it tomorrow. We're just gonna do it. We'll just be like, if you're a Cubs fan, here's your take. If you're an Indians fan, here's your take. Uh, okay, let's start with let's start with the Cubs then. All right, and we're also gonna throw in some random predictions here. I think also as well. So yeah, let's all right, do it. we'll start with the Cubs. So wow, James, Cubs have won the World Series 108 years. Can't believe it. They won the game 4-2. to two. Hendricks, amazing seven innings pitched. Did not see Chapman coming in in the eighth and John Lester coming in to the ninth to close it out. I don't know about you. And I did not see the I did not see the live bear that they were bringing out on the field. I thought that that was a really nice touch by the, uh, the whole team. Uh, a little cold, and I'm, I'm a little upset about what the fans did to it and towards the beer cans over there in Cleveland. Yeah, you got um, a little angry. But, you know, I, I love that. Um, I love the uh, idea that, uh, you know, these guys um, – I don't know. I'm trying to think of something funny. You, you did not prepare me for this, Greg. And I I'm sorry. To to, and I have to kind of think of this on the fly right now. So, right. Uh, Cubs fans, it's Greg's fault that this isn't going well. It's Greg's fault. You chose to do the Cubs first, but the Cubs won. So, uh, you know, good, congrats to them, World Series champs. Congrats uh, to the World Series champs, Chicago Cubs. The World Definitely. Series MVP is obviously a world of No, are you kidding? It's Bryant. Okay, well, see, there you go. It's co-MVPs, people. Who saw, who saw that coming? NLCS it happened, and now it happened again in the World Series. So congrats, yeah. Cubs. Now we can think of a bunch of think pieces about can they repeat. Um, yeah. 
Okay. All right. Hot take on that. Uh, now for the Indians. You can start the Indians. I'll let you do that. I'll give you a few hey seconds. Hey, guys. Congratulations to the Cleveland Indians. You know, uh, first World Series is 1948. You won it 16-0. Uh, and I think that that was a really kind of testament to your team playing small ball. Uh, you just bunted your way to 16 nothing, and I think that was really impressive. Uh, yeah, Francisco Lindor, uh, clearly the MVP. Uh, he went 8 for 8, all bunts, uh, and that's amazing. Um, that is amazing. That's impressive. Kluber came uh, in and threw uh, eight, 8 perfect innings, uh, and then they actually took him out and had Francisco Lindor pitch the ninth, uh, and it was a joint perfect game. Unbelievable stuff in the World Series Game 7. You would never have expected it, Greg. Yeah, I did not think when that happened, when Lindor came in, I was like, who's going to play shortstop? Were they going to like put a pitcher in? They did. Rick Vaughn came in, uh, a.k.a. Charlie Sheen's character from Major League, somehow signed yeah. for a one-day contract, played shortstop, made a nice grab at the end, you know, to seal it up for them. Uh, and I thought it was a weird move by Tito to, uh, you know, insert himself into the outfield uh, as the right fielder. Hey. Uh, I thought that that was kind of a risky move. His defense is not that great ever since he uh, became a manager and uh, started basically chewing, you know, you know five bubble. packs of chew a game. Um, yeah, I mean that, but hey, it worked out. You know, he made that diving catch, and I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, so you know, good on them. Good on the Indians. You know, nice job. You almost blew it. You you almost were the Warriors. You almost blew the three-one, but you didn't. You didn't. No, exactly. Good job. Pretty amazing. Okay, so. cool. Hey, I think that went well. That did. I liked it. So there you go. If you're um, a Cubs fan, listen to the first one. Indians, listen to the second one. Um, okay, let's get into uh, NBA quickly, and then uh, you want to touch on the college football uh, playoffs. There's not yeah. a lot I want to talk about in the NBA, other than that Russell Westbrook is destroying and eating worlds. Yes, he is. Uh, it's like he's God right now, the NBA, and everybody else there is just his followers. Yeah, it's pretty impressive stuff here. Um Russell Westbrook is leading the league in points right now. It's a super small sample size, I understand, but he's leading the league in points right now uh, at 38.7 points a game. Um, but he is also averaging a triple-double. He's got... Uh, First and assist with 12, I think? No, he's second. And he's at, Harden's got 11.8. Russell's got 11.7. Um, basically complete, Yeah, right there. Um but then also in terms of uh, in terms of rebounds too, um, yeah. what's he at right now? He's not uh, super high up, I guess, but he's uh, no, he's sixth or something. He was uh, around eleven something, I want to say. I heard yesterday. Five guys uh, are beating him only in that were centers, yeah. unless things changed last night after the game. Oh yeah, you're right. He's tied for six with twelve point three rebounds. Yeah. Uh, so he's just destroying worlds right now, man. Uh, yeah. And I think that that's really uh, you know good for him. Um, he also, did you see his Jordan commercial? Yeah. Uh, now great now I do what I want. Yeah. Yeah, I love Fantastic. that one. Uh, really good commercial. Do you think that he can actually, like, okay, so they were they were debating this over on uh, the Ringer NBA podcast, and they're asking if Russell Westbrook can average a, a top 10 points per game season of all time. And to do that, he would need to score over 35 points a game. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't. I, he's going to be taking enough shots to do that, but I can't see it happening every game, putting up over 35. Unless, I mean, obviously he can uh, – he'll have some off nights, he'll have some big nights, but in general, I, I just can't see that happening. There's no way somebody can keep that pace up. I'll be surprised if he can keep up the pace right now where he's rebounding because he he's not tall. He's energetic, but, yeah, I assume that energy is going to go down at points in the season. 
yeah. Hey, we'll see what happens. Um, the other person that I want to come down for the next game. The other person that I want to highlight against is, the Warriors, right? Oh, uh, for the for the Thunder. Yeah, isn't it Thunder Warriors coming up? Uh, let's check out the schedule real quick. I want to say yes because I felt like they were talking about it yesterday, and everybody's anticipating. Are they going to shake hands? Are they going to like be friendly to each other? Is Katie uh, uh, acknowledge that Westbrook is a person? I mean, I don't see it on. It's not tomorrow, at least. So, uh, no, it it's uh, Thursday. Thursday. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, hey, that's an exciting game. Thunder Warriors. Thirty TNT. Be there. Or the be square. Pre-game. Uh, um, the other one that I want to highlight is the uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, defense be damned, man. These guys are a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I was reading a really good article about how uh, D'Antoni and Harden are like the match made in heaven because, um, you know, I, I, D'Antoni's never really cared about defense and Harden clearly doesn't care about uh, defense. Clearly doesn't care about defense, yeah. Um, he's averaging 32.3 points, 11.8 assists, and 7.3 rebounds. So, like, second most impressive player maybe besides... Russell Westbrook right now is James Harden, the stats that he's putting up, I think, or close to it at least. Yeah, no, he's definitely up there. Uh, he's got 38% field goal percentage, a 40% rate, or excuse me, 30% three-point field goal percentage, 48% regular field goal percentage. I just think that he's a really impressive passer. That's the only thing that I'm most impressed by. Um, yeah, he put a 15 also, last night against Cavs. Exactly. And then uh, – what what I think is interesting as well is that this this offense that they're going to run the the quick pace, Harden passing it, slinging it around the court, um, that's also going to benefit a lot of the other guys. Like Eric Gordon, for example, is averaging like 17 points right now. Uh, Trevor Ariza looks good all of a sudden. Ryan Anderson um, will benefit from it. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's his face? Who's the guy that they have in the center there now? That uh, Capella. Yes. yes. Um, Clint Capella is average is looking yeah, like Capella, whatever uh, a better version of Dwight Howard was last year. It's just a fun, fun team. Even if they're not doing that well, and even if they're not playing a lot of defense, they're still a lot of fun to watch. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, with you. they're good time. Uh, early start time last night because of the World Series didn't seem to affect anybody. Harden with that 41 point game, 15 rebound, uh, 15 assists, seven rebounds. I mean, he just he's looking good. He's looking like he could compete with. Westbrook for potentially early on MVP nod. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, and then finally, uh, I, well, we can talk about the Warriors a little bit too, but I also just want to quickly highlight, I, don't, I wasn't, you weren't expecting this, but Anthony Davis is putting up some real numbers as well. Whoa, 37, points, for this, James. 37 points and 13 rebounds so far for Anthony Davis. Yeah, no, uh, he's, uh, he's been a beast. With three blocks per game. <laughs> the Browns doing just, work finally. He's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. The uh, doing work. I think I want to put together like an internet petition. Um, get Anthony Davis on a real team. Like, what is he doing on the New Orleans Pelicans? They're so know, bad. I feel so. I feel so bad for him at times, and it's just like, how do you have a team that has Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant, and then the Pelicans with Anthony Davis? Like, how's that happen? I just want to throw this out there. They're zero and four on the season. In the preseason, Greg, leading up to it, um, they were – I just want to get this right. In the preseason, they were 1-5. Oh. 
and they lost their last five games going into the season. So if you want to count the preseason, they just they're on a nine-game losing streak already. <laughs> and they've got someone who could be an MVP candidate. Yeah. Like, what is going on? But too bad he won't be because he's on the Pelicans. Uh, like, man. What, what are they doing? Like, they, I don't know. How they do you trade go him for some uh, pieces that can maybe, you know, develop into something? But Yeah, I think so. But anyway, but I don't, I don't um, know what they're going to do with him, and I feel bad for him and because he finally looks like that guy we all expected him to be. It's just if he can stay healthy, then uh, he has a chance. He's very impressive. Yeah. Um, okay, we can talk about the Warriors quickly as well if you'd like to. Yeah, uh, basically that's all I wanted to really talk about the Warriors was uh, – sorry, I just had ESPN on, and they showed some guy from the Knicks taking a shot that was two-handed terrible. Yeah, Joe Noah. Yeah, so bad. Sorry. Got distracted. But uh, the Warriors, all I wanted to talk, talk about was uh, they're being a little uh, bitchy. Yeah. About everything. Like complaining that, you know, people are being tough on them and being rough when they play and, you know, being too physical. And it's coming from Jeremiah Green, which I find hysterical. And then they're also, you know, all a little peeved at LeBron James having a Halloween decoration that said three and one. Like, get over yourselves, guys. You did it yourselves. Stop being pansies. You're the villains now. Take it in stride. It happens to all the great teams that they become the villains. Happened to the Heat. People didn't like the Celtics that much outside of Boston. It's just what it is. Deal with it. Get tough. You're a small team. You got to grow some uh, grow some uh, balls, basically. Because Steph, KD, you guys aren't known to be physical. You uh, got to change that because everybody's going to be giving you their best shot. Nobody likes you. You haven't looked great. So, yeah, that's what I got to say about the Warriors. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. I think this is going to be an interesting season for them here because, uh, you know, they've been kind of villains, uh, you know, so far, and and they haven't exactly played up to their potential. Their defense continues to be horrible. Yeah. Um, so we'll see High what possibility happens. They actually don't make it to the finals this year, I think, now, after these first few games. I don't know about a high possibility. Uh, I, you know, let's let's not like kind of jump our gun here a little bit here. What are I'm going to jump in a little bit. I'm going to jump in a little bit. If they face a physical team, I'm saying they don't make it. Okay. Well, they're they're three and one, and they're gonna they're gonna kind of right the ship at one point. Uh, like for example, last night against the Blazers, Clay Thompson went 0 for seven from three, and you're not going to see that very often. Yeah, I mean their three point uh, this year terrible. I think they're like under 30 percent shooting from beyond the arc as a team. Yeah. Well. We'll see what just happens. Point. I think you just got to right the ship a little bit, and I think that you're going to be uh, – I think it's going to be just fine. All right. I'll trust you. Um, okay. Let's let's just finish this out with uh, college football. Yeah, so uh, college football playoff came out last night, committee's first round of uh, their rankings, and the biggest surprise was their top four picks. So, you know, it went Alabama undefeated, Clemson undefeated, Michigan undefeated, and then every expected, everybody expected University of Washington to be there because they're undefeated and I've looked very impressive so far. But instead, Texas A&M comes in at 7-1 with their only loss coming to number one Alabama. Very shocking. Don't think that's what it should have been. Uh, they had Louisville at seven. Think they should have been top six. Just uh, so, you know, very interesting first rankings coming out. James, I don't know if you have any thoughts about this. I know you're not a big college football guy, but still, were you surprised at all about their picks at least going in top four, top five? 
Um, I was not surprised with uh, I was not surprised with Bamba, Michigan, or Clemson. Um, Texas A&M though definitely was a bit of a curveball. I got to be honest with you. Um, I think that the college football committee uh, also has shares my opinion on Washington, where it's like uh, I don't really think that you guys belong. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, at least give uh, it some respect. They're undefeated. Sucks to be from you, ah, um, why you, or whatever you're gonna call it. Woo. But um, I was a little surprised at that as well, and I think that'll change. Yeah, it'll probably change, but it's just one of those odd things where it first comes out, kind of jars everybody and goes, "Didn't we have a committee to prevent things like this from happening?" Yeah, I think that you can reasonably expect Michigan and Alabama to be in there unless something drastic changes between now yeah, I mean, and. Clemson uh, should be uh, But Michigan, be in there. Michigan and Alabama probably have one more big test. Alabama, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State. And then their SEC and Big Ten games. I think whoever Clemson faces from here on out, they'll just beat because they took down FSU. They already beat Louisville. So basically, nobody else is really in their way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, man. Um, very, very cool. College football is really ramping up, which is exciting. Yeah, uh, much more exciting than the NFL this year, I feel like. I don't know about much more, but it's definitely a little bit compelling uh, the yeah. last couple of weeks. But All right. All right, man. Uh, is there anything else you want to cover here today before we kind of uh, part ways? I'm going to say something that I know is just going to bother you. Tiger Woods mm. is coming back in December. Yeah, who cares? We'll see if that holds true. Still, Still don't care, Greg. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it. We're going to throw it out there, though. All right. Okay. So. All right, Greg. Well, um, from all of us here at the Sports Stance, uh, the people that got up early in the morning to make this happen, um, all the little guys out there, uh, we really appreciate you know, your dedication, uh, your love of the game, uh, your love of the amateur podcasting game. And uh, this one is for you. Yeah. All of you make this possible. If it wasn't for you, we couldn't do this. Yeah. Blood, you know sweat, tears go into this podcast. And it's not ours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, I haven't sweat in years. Yeah, no, we're just the pretty voices that they put in front of the mics. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Um, well, then I will uh, talk to you later, and thanks, guys, for listening. All right, talk to you guys later.